Welcome to another episode of 360 Degrees, part of the Urban Breakdown Network. So this morning, we got myself, Big Merz, and we have Mercedes. Good morning, Mercedes. Good morning. All right. All right, Mercedes, uh, what you got for us today? All right. So um, this past week, um, I'll reiterate what City of State it was in just a moment when I find the information, but um, I did go over the article, but there was a, a group of kids. Um, about three white kids and a little black kid, um, and they were just kids, ba- probably barely teens. I would say about 14 years old, maybe. And for whatever reason, they came into a confrontation with a police officer. And during this situation in the video, you can see where the cop is confronting the kids, but of all the kids, he grabs and throws the black kid against the front of his truck, and he starts to kind of choke him, like holding him really aggressively and hard by the back of his neck, almost like a dog. That's how, like, you, when you pick a puppy up by the back of the neck, you know, and, you know, that's what he did. But it was really aggressive and really hard because you know how the police treat us or whatever. Everything they do with us is, like, this crazy aggression that you know comes with hatred. So during this process, one of his little friends, which was a little white boy, was like, hey, don't resist, don't resist, buddy, don't, just don't do anything, just don't resist. And the whole time this cop is just roughing him up for no reason. And the kid has his hands on the car. He's not moving, he's not doing anything. And two uh, slight, looked like they were slightly older white kids came and was like, you know, like stop choking him like that, what, what the hell are you doing? And the, oh, the bigger white kid pushed the cop off of him. Now, keep in mind, the black boy didn't touch the cop or anything to be roughed up like that. But when the white boy pushed the cop off, the cop tried to come at the, uh, the other group of kids, but they got all in his face. It was like, you don't do that. Don't touch him again like that because he didn't do anything to you. Let's first, as a community, we know, we absolutely know that this is, well, a lot of people online were saying, oh, his, his kid, his white friends used their privilege to save him. Let's not even, let's, let's bring it down to a, a a more basic level of thought, a thought process is. Let, let's just say kids. Let's take race out of it for a minute, and which we're going to have to put it back in because of the treatment. But these are kids that, have to, that know they have to defend themselves in a certain type of way because of how cops treat black people. So these kids are defending their black friend because the cop was being aggressive. Now, when they hit the, this boy, the older white boy hit the cop, and the cop didn't do anything. At all. He actually took his hands off of the black boy. But he tried to get up in their face, but they got back in his, and he stepped back away from the black kid, and the black kid was able to turn around and put his back against the truck. My point is, and on this whole situation, kids don't see race until it's taught by racist adults, ignorant adults. But the sad fact is our teenagers, young teenagers, are having to grow up knowing whether they're black, white, Asian, Hispanic, that cops are a threat to the minority community, especially blacks. Hispanics have the same problem, but it's on a very higher scale when it comes to blacks. 
And the sad part is kids shouldn't have to deal with that. Kids shouldn't have to deal with that hatred because at the end of the day, they don't see race until society makes them see race. So these kids defended their friend. A lot of people were like, it's sad that these kids have to know to use their white privilege to save their friend, but I'm glad these kids were there because he could have been killed otherwise. That's like a sickening reality to the problems that we do face in the black community when it comes to cops. And the sad part is we could say white cops all day. Black cops are just as bad, if not worse, with our black people because I think it's like some type of like a power thing for them. But at the end of the video, the video got cut short when it seemed like the cop was making some type of call on his radio. I'm not quite sure what it was. Right. But I think from what the report said, the whole situation was diffused and the kids went on. Nobody was arrested. Now, quick question. We've did become they, numb to this. Did they say why the cop approached the kids in the first place? Not at all. It looked like the kids were just walking through a neighborhood. It didn't really say. Um, I don't think they were, you know, destroying anything or anything like that. For all I know, I mean, kids being kids, they could have been loud. Who knows? But I just still feel like there's nothing that they could have done as 13, 14-year-old kids to be treated like that. To justify being choked out by a cop? Right. At all. I'll go back and look at the article to see. Um, Yeah, hold on. Yeah, it, it's crazy that they even have to deal with that. And um, then it was there was this one black mom in the comments, and she was like, this is what Dave Chappelle was talking about when he said all black people need at least one white friend and all white people need at least three black friends, if that makes sense. Um, and I guess – to see the side of society that otherwise you wouldn't get an understanding of if you didn't have friends of a different race right? and the problems that exist. But, yeah, so so what's your take on all this? Well, I'm going to pull up more information about it because um, I should have gathered more, but it was just a sickening topic to the point where, oh, oh, my God, there's another issue that happened this weekend about cops shooting into a car that they assumed was involved in a robbery and a black couple was shot. Luckily they survived it, but we'll get back to that one in a moment. What's your take on this one? Um, it's actually very, I mean, there are certain things that kids are not being taught anymore, you know, like for instance, you have, um, kids don't know, I mean, figure, I mean, I was going to say something really old, like bouncing the checkbook, you don't have to bounce a checkbook anymore, because no one really writes checks, you know, everything is online, but I remember, I was talking with my sister, she called me for my birthday last week, and we were talking about our mom, you know, she's a stay-at-home mom. Well, at least until uh, till we got old enough to take care of ourselves. But, you know, she taught us, you know, how to cross the street. You know, she taught us all the basics, like hands-on, you know. So right. for that kid to be able to say, you know, to tell his friend, don't resist, you know, yeah. I would have to wager that somebody taught him that. You know what I mean? So either either someone taught it to him or he probably saw it in a YouTube video and just knew to tell his friend, like, don't resist, you know. So the cops have no reason to hurt you, you know. And the fact that kids at that age have to, have to learn that instead of, I don't know, how to iron a shirt <laughs> or something like that. It's kind of, it's kind of sad, really. And it, it, it kind of, I know I'm going off the rails here, but you remember that old commercial with the Indian at the side of the road is all the pollution? And maybe before your time. 
And um, yeah. <laughs> but there was an old commercial about pollution. So there's like a, a Native American, and he's on the side of the road, and he sees all this pollution, and like the single tear rolls down his cheek. You know, what that commercial, uh, what we found out about that commercial, number one, that guy wasn't Native American, he was Italian. That's another matter altogether. Right, right. But, but second of all, they mentioned that that commercial was one of the big things that these companies did to shift the responsibility of pollution to the consumers instead of the people who actually are creating the pollution. So it's like, oh, we don't have to yeah, clean yeah. up. You just have to recycle. Right? And that'll solve the problem. Forget us who have unlimited resources that could do it ourselves. It's on you. So the whole don't resist arrest thing and all that other stuff, it's shifting the blame onto the citizens. Okay? Teach the cops not to be monsters, as opposed to having to teach the little kids that have to tell other kids don't resist. You know, teach the cops not to be monsters. And that'll just that'll just solve that problem. Because I can't really see what that little kid could have done to deserve to be choked out by a cop. Yeah, it's yeah. A, if you see the video, which I'll put it in our group chat, mm-hmm. he was just standing there, and he literally had, he was standing there with his arms folded. He really wasn't doing anything. The cop had to, pre, you know, yank him out of his stance to get him on the car. And that's when his friends were like, no, don't resist. And then that's when, when he started choking him. That's when everybody was like, you know, back the fuck off. Like, seriously. And, and again, it's sad that any of our kids in this society and that generation as a whole have to deal with that. And we already deal with different things in the community when it comes down to race. Like, I don't know, I just feel like innocent kids shouldn't have to take on the absolute hatred of racist adults. You know what I'm saying? Because right. not at that age. And, 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 and some people some people are like, fuck them white kids and that white cop. No, man, don't. That's the whole point. We're not going to ever end the problem with racism if you bash the kids, too, what in the hell did the white kids do? They didn't do anything. They actually helped, sadly, but at the same time, they didn't do anything. So let's say their parents taught them because they know they hang with black kids. If right. anything ever happens, this is what you should do. Defend them. And sadly, you're even putting your white kids at risk. But cops kill white kids, too. You know, and, and I know that this is, I know this is going to be a little... You know, I'm not trying to kick dirt in these parents because, I mean, if they taught their kids to defend, you know, defend their fellow man, that's a good thing. But I think it starts with a lot of these uh, these sheriffs and stuff like that. They're elected officials. So yeah. who do they vote for for sheriff? Who do they vote for for chief of police if they're elected officials? You know, who do they vote for for mayor? Who, support, who supports these things? I think it just needs to go deeper. So it's commendable that they're teaching their kids to defend their, their peers especially from the police, but it goes a little bit deeper than that. Because if your cops are a problem, then that's where the problem needs to start, you know, if you want to get it solved. It's, it's who's, uh, who's letting these cops get away with this bullshit. That's the thing. Right. So exactly. I'm glad. And they're getting away with it. And, and that's part of the problem. I mean, if they were doing stuff and um, going to jail for it, only in rare cases, and they have to have, like, like clear, like 1080 HD video of him doing it. And even then, in some cases, you'll still get that one jurist who will be like, well, I won't, I won't vote guilty on a cop or something like that, you know, because yeah. they believe, because they, they were brainwashed when they were, when they were kids to believe that cops are the good guys no matter what. That if a cop 
ever comes in, if his record ever comes into question, uh, they're just they're just hating on him, you know, right? Because they, they didn't want that ticket, you know what I mean? But um, exactly. There was um, a right. situation that actually happened in Florida, by the way. <laughs> so oh, that was oh God. Oh God. Right uh, Florida. I'll be talking about Florida in, in, in a moment, but um. I read a I read a blog where somebody uh, talked about how when they were listening to NWA records back in the back in the early '90s, they thought all that stuff they were talking about about the police brutality was just fairy tales, and they thought that Rodney King and, and they thought that Rodney King was just a one-off, you know. And now they said years later they realized, oh man, they were telling the truth the entire time, because now they now they got YouTube. You know, and now they see like all these videos uploaded, uploaded almost daily of police just hurting people for no reason or killing people for no reason, you know. Right, right. Exactly. And um, Florida as a whole, they have their own problems. Um, I almost feel like sometimes they're not a part of the United States. It's just really weird with their laws and rules and everything else. And um, to jump to the next topic, it, let's go all the way up to New Haven, Connecticut, um, there was a robbery or situation that occurred, um, and cops were looking for a particular car, a particular type of car, and they saw the car and they literally started shooting in the car. Unarmed black couple, mistaken identity. Luckily, the couple survived. The, the girl only got shot in the leg, and the guy, I think, the bullets actually missed him, but the trauma from it. Um, so that was another issue that happened over the past week. Um, and all they can do is say, I'm sorry. You know, I actually, I think I'm, I think I'm going to save that video and didn't get a chance to watch it. And what, what they wanted yeah, to cost, like, at, after he shot at the, at the car, didn't he run away? Uh, the cop, yeah, he went back towards the, there were some other cops. Yeah, he did. And, but he went back towards the patrol cars of other cops that were pulling up. Yeah, he did run away from the situation, almost to kind of hide it. Then he lied, and his report he said that the couple was trying to get out of the car and he thought the man had a gun. And in the video, it shows that he had to walk up to the car to pull them out. He, they were hurt. Yeah, because... because the cameras showed otherwise. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the thing with the, you know, cops just lie. I mean, they're like a bunch of Donald Trumps with badges. They lie about things that, well, in this case... You know, they didn't know that the cameras were on them, but they just figured we're the cops, so we'll just tell, we just say any old thing, and they'll just believe us because we're the cops. You know, Michael Slager, if that guy didn't film Michael Slager um, killing that guy, um, God, I feel bad about that. Yes. Yeah. The one that got shot so, yeah, I remember him. Yeah, so I mean, if they, I mean, he told this story about, oh, he, he went for my taser and all that stuff. He didn't mention anything about him running away. But if he wasn't being filmed, he would have gotten away with it. Because that has been like, oh, okay. He didn't even see, he didn't even see the guy across the field. And he actually planted the gun there before cops got there. He dropped it beside his body or the taser beside his body. Yeah. Yep. I remember when people back then were trying to raise money to help because he had a pregnant wife at home. <laughs> you married that cop, you deal with it. They actually shut down the GoFundMe account. Yeah. It, it's... Yeah, it was crazy. 
I, I feel bad that, you know, like when they say the sins of the father are visited upon the kids. Yeah, but, at, yeah. but at the same time, it's just like, all right, if private people want to go ahead and fund you, like if, you're, if your husband is a murderer, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think GoFundMe wants none of that. They're not trying to exactly. I remember when, uh, when the Dylan Roof thing happened, his sister, uh, I think that weekend, his sister was, was supposed to be on a honeymoon or something like that, and they had to cancel, yeah. so, she was, so she had a GoFundMe page to, get, to raise money so she could finally go on her honeymoon, and people were just, I, some people donated too. I was just like. Yeah, people did. There was this, there was this one girl, she um, made a GoFundMe to go to Vegas. She went I mean, to yeah. Vegas, and she made her. Like two thousand dollars, like baby girl, I ain't trying to be funny, but um, if you can't save two thousand dollars, I'm just gonna assume you don't work. <laughs> so you know, I can save that in a couple months. So there's there's no way that you are dead serious. It, it's just a matter of pride with GoFundMe. I mean, I I was tempted to use GoFundMe to see if I could shave ten grand off my student loans. You know, at least get get the because uh, my loans are half private and half government. And the government ones I could handle. It's just the private, the interest on the private loans are murdering me. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm swallowing my pride to not do a GoFundMe and some chick decides, I need to go to Vegas. We go to GoFundMe and see if, they'll, see if strangers will fund my trip to Vegas. And they I, do. Uh, I, I don't understand. I was watching, I know, this, I know we're off topic here, but I was watching um, Malcolm in the Middle, and there's one of the guys that Lois works with. And he gets bus trips all across the country because he pretends to be a 16-year-old girl, and he catfishes these guys into sending him bus tickets. So she'll come out and visit oh, them. And then, and then they just show you him just walking by, like they'll be like some guy sitting in the bus stop with a sign that says, like, Charlene, you know, because that's who he's pretending to be, and then he just walks right past them. <laughs> that's funny. He just catfished a bus ticket out of him. Ah, uh, but... I'm I'm sorry we got we got way off topic on that one, but um. That's funny though. That's a hustle. <laughs> I, I I did see like I said I I saved the video. I that's my problem. I save a bunch of stuff and don't get to watch them. I try to watch them like on Saturday evening or Sunday before I do the the show for Monday. But yeah, I saw that and I and I was already looking at it like okay, there's gonna be some dumb shit right here. And now hearing it today, it is. You know, these cops are like a bunch of shakiest guns in the west like that was, my, that was one of my mom's favorite movies like don Knotts, where he's like this cowardly dentist and somehow becomes sheriff you know and the name of the movie was the shakiest gun in the west <laughs> you know yeah and, they, they and, really are they're afraid of everything and they lie they just lie <laughs> like like jesus christ like come on now at some point tell the truth yes i made a mistake you will not find one that will you know it's a sad thing, but yeah. Oh my goodness! As a community, I feel like I don't know what's going to stop us from ever being a target of cops because I think they they act like they fear us when in reality, you're the one killing us. Don't you think we would have some type of fear towards your actions? Right. But you're afraid. Yeah. That's, it's ignorance that it's finest. That's all it is. You know, for every. Go ahead, I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 you're fine. I was going to say, for every video of a cop doing the electric slide at, at, a, at a neighborhood barbecue, there's like 20 videos of a cop, you know, 
either hurting or killing someone. So it's it's disproportionately. And then people will post that video like, look, see, a cop did something great. Cops are good people, right? <laughs> some some uh, are no. good people. No, some absolutely. Yeah, but, but the they're so, I mean, it's like their fellow cops are just shit, you know, and well, your little electric slide move just kind of got, who gives a shit, you know, because we just lost a black kid for no reason on the other side of the country, you know? Right. It's the, what they call it, the blue wall of silence? Yep. <laughs> Which is basically the police version of no snitching, you know? Pretty much. Because no snitching only benefits the criminals. It doesn't benefit the victims. It benefits the criminals. And the cops are the criminals. Yeah. And what was that line from uh, that not from uh, "Cop Shot the Kid" the Nas song? Um, who will be called to report crime when nine one one is doing the drive by? You know. Yep. It's almost safer to take the law into your own hands than to call the cops. And I and I and I, and I, I, I say that you know being glib, but it's almost true. It is. It's not even almost. I really feel like it is true. Call cops for what? Just like um, there was a situation, and this was actually this I think this one happened in Australia about a year and a half ago, maybe. Um, it was actually a white woman. She called the cops because someone had broken into her home, and a, a black cop actually showed up, and um, he ended up killing her. Don't know why. Yes. Oh, oh no, 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 I, I, to, I don't mean to correct you, but it didn't happen in Australia, but she was an Australian citizen. Oh, yeah. Okay, she was here. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. And um, I can't remember why he ended up killing her. I don't know if it was a mistake or what it was, but he, well, he got all kind of... Yeah, well, he got spooked because she, I mean, she came up to, like, she saw the cop car, she came up to the car to give him more details, and the cop literally shot across his partner because she was coming to the driver's side. The cop that shot was in the passenger seat. So that's a double win because he killed someone and then shot across his own partner to do so. Yeah. And the cop, yeah, and I think the cop was like, uh, I don't know if he was Arab or Muslim or something like that. So I'm just like, oh, yeah, he going to prison. And yeah, he definitely didn't get off. So. And, and that was actually accidental, whereas, or whatever the situation may have been. Maybe not accidental, but the point was, do you know how many cops have gotten off when they intentionally killed someone? It's like the guy that, um, the Hispanic cop that killed, um, what was his name, Stefan, um, the black guy who uh, him and his girlfriend were in the car, and the baby was in the back seat. Yes. And he asked him, do you have a gun? And he said, I do, but I'm going to give you my CWP to go with it. And he just, instead of saying, he said, don't reach, he was actually doing what the cop told him to do. And he's like, okay, give it to me. But then all of a sudden, you get spooked and you fire three shots into this man's body. I think I think it was more than well, I think three hit him. But I think he I think he fired more than three. I mean, he was just squeezing yeah, he, those rounds. Yeah, and, and then he's gonna yell, "Don't move!" when this man is bleeding to death. They're just terrified, man. I mean, put it like this: if you're scared of your own shadow, there's work at the post office, you know. I mean, those envelopes ain't gonna you may get a paper cut from the envelopes, but that's the worst that'll happen to you. <laughs> You know, no if if you're scared you're of getting right. shot, don't be a cop, man. What Robert Townsend exactly. said, there's, there's always work at the post office. Exactly, and then on top of that, I mean, a police officer die every day, so that's that's you're in the line of duty. That's what you signed up for. It's so hard these days for me to be a nice guy when the cop gets shot, and and my friends will post um only. 
you know, they'll post stuff about, you know, like, you know, I'm sorry, this officer got killed. And I do feel bad for him, but I'm just like, then I just remember all the other stuff that happened. I'm like, you know what? We're just going to call it even. And I know that that's a horrible right. thing to say and a horrible way to think. But one of the worst things that ever, it didn't even happen to a black guy. It happened to that kid in um, Arizona, the one that, in the hotel room. And don't get me wrong, he wasn't thinking on all cylinders because he and this happened not too long after the Vegas shooting, right? And he was next. He was exterminator. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was an exterminator, and he uh, sometimes exterminators carry uh, pellet guns to shoot at uh, birds and rodents and stuff like that to get them away from their nest. Yeah, the white guy. I remember now. Yeah. The one that was begging for his life. And that guy, yeah, uh, they murdered him. They murdered him. That video yeah. made me sick. I think every time a cop gets shot, and I want to just type some condolences to their family, that video shows up in my head. It's like like a subliminal message. Like, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm just gonna let this one go. <laughs> and it's yeah, all the way. And I hate to be that way. Well, and only because he got away with it, they would they wouldn't prosecute him. The video show that the man was not a threat and you still shot him on the ground. So you guys are a problem to the black community because apparently there there are fewer of us, so they say, in this country. Um, but um, you're a, cops are a problem, period. Nobody fucks with cops. Period. So you guys are actually a real problem and, you, and nobody sees it. Or, no, 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 they see it, but they won't fix it. Somebody said, oh, all cops need more training. I don't even think training is going to fix it. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. I, actually, I may be optimistic, though. I think training will help, but also better psychological tests. Because yeah. they're, cause they're letting – well, not just psychological tests, but also uh, accountability. Like, for instance, the guy that shot Tamir Rice, he was already oh. let go from another police department, and that police department and his record said – this guy is not fit to be a cop. He's not fit to hold right. a gun and a badge. And he still found another job and ended up killing a kid, you know. And they so. hired him anyway, yeah. Basically, they just hire any old damn body. Yeah, just, just warm bodies. Right, exactly. And then they have so many disqualifications from, for, like, for those who do want to be cops. Like, oh, you can't do this, can't do that. So what the hell made these guys so perfect? I remember one time somebody say, um, said, um, your local cops are typically the kids that you bullied in high school. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Turn out to be. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. So they, they can just... take it out of society. <laughs> Eddie Griffin was talking about it. You know, they, you know, in high school, no one liked them. Everybody hated them. They just called them Buckethead all day. And then now they become cops. They pull you over. Hey, know anything about Buckethead? <laughs> you know? <laughs> To take it out that rap and other people. One of, my friends on, one of my friends made a comment on Facebook. He said, all the kids, all the assholes in our high school are now cops. He says, that's not a coincidence. Right. And, and, and I do agree. Yep. That's crazy. But, yeah, we have our problems in society with police officers, more so in the black community. Something does need to be done and done fast because the longer we let it sit, the more problems we're going to have with police officers. And um, honestly, a lot more police officers are going to end up dead. Yeah, and, and, and we definitely do not want that. You know, what, 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 what's, the, what's, the, what's the spin on the old saying, an eye for an eye, 
we'll just leave the world blind. Yeah, eventually it will. That is correct. Yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that's all I have for the day as far as my topics go. What's, what's on your mind? Okay. I just wanted to give a quick, you know, if I was reading some articles this morning, I just want to give a quick shout out to Joe Biden, who is now running for president, officially running for president. And I want to thank Joe Biden for not insulting our intelligence and pretending to be a progressive. You know, he's doing the corporate fundraisers. He's doing the, the whole corporatist thing, the whole, you know, taking that Comcast money and all that other stuff. And you know what? Thank you, Joe, for not insulting our intelligence. Because Nancy Pelosi thinks she's a progressive. And every time Nancy Pelosi says she's a progressive, a puppy has an aneurysm. And then, like, spiders, like, form in his stomach. So if you see a puppy on the side of the road dead with spiders crawling out of its mouth, it's because Nancy Pelosi called herself a progressive. If Nancy Pelosi is a progressive, then I'm a bodybuilder, okay? So let's not fool ourselves. And also, I want to give a shout-out to Amy Klobuchar for being brave and also being kind of stupid and thinking that her uselessness is a skill, they asked her a question on a CNN town hall about um, impeaching Donald Trump, right? Right. So um, Elizabeth Warren gave an answer, a very impassioned answer. You know, I won't go too much into it now. But basically, people don't want to go for impeachment because the, Democrat, you know, because the Republicans control the Senate. So without right. the Senate, you need two-thirds of that Senate vote. Uh, it won't go through. Elizabeth Warren was like, yeah, let it go through. Let them vote and let them have that stain on their record for the rest of their lives. Because you know your voting record follows you wherever you go. You know, when you run for office, all you got to do is look up your voting record. That's why Joe Biden is going to get a first-round knockout, because his voting record is horrible. You know, he was voting with, with Strom Thurmond to keep kids segregated. So... Uh, yeah, 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 Joe. I mean, we liked you. You were Uncle Joe when you were Obama's uh, vice president, but on your own, no. Yeah, but like yeah, we don't like you like that, Joe. And he's he's going to find that out the hard way. But Amy Klobuchar's answer was basically like taking a whole bunch of. If you took a whole bunch of, you might remember those old refrigerator magnets that were just letters. You could spell stuff that yeah, you want. Yeah. Her answer was basically taking like an entire sack of those and putting them in, putting them in a garbage bag and then just throwing them on the floor and seeing and maybe, maybe a word might form. <laughs> That's Amy Klobuchar's answer because she said a whole bunch of words and it just amounted to nothing. And I'm like, she's useless, but she thinks she's killing it. That's the worst part because if you're being useless, sometimes you feel it like you feel it in your soul like, God. I'm being so useless. I gotta do something. You know, I don't want to be like this. Amy Klobuchar gave that horrible ass, and then the smile on her face was like, nailed it. Yeah. So, yeah. What did you say? Yeah. So she thinks that her uselessness is a skill. It's not. Right. You know, I just thought I I just thought she was hilarious with that, and I was just like, <laughs> it's gonna be. Yeah, I'm like it's gonna be a bloodbath out there. I don't even know what the hell. I don't even know. I don't even know what happened to Cory Booker. Is he still running for president? I haven't heard from Cory in weeks. I don't know. 
I do not know. I like, did he drop out and nobody say anything? But, but going on to going on to one of my main stories today. Uh, you know, we mentioned Florida earlier. Yeah. And when people tell me that we live in a democracy, I laugh at them. Ice Cube had a line in a song, in an old song. He was like, "You want to free Africa? I stare at you because we ain't got it too good in America." This is not a democracy. I, I, people, we're a democracy on paper, okay? Because democracy is supposed to be the will of the people. And if the minority can subvert the will of the majority, it's not a democracy. They ran a study, and they found out that any bill that passes only passes because rich people are okay with it. But if you have a bill... Like, let's just say, oh, I don't know, I'll pick a bill out, out of thin air, uh, Green New Deal, right? If it, if it hurts the interests of rich people, rich people will throw money at it, and they will make sure it does not get passed. But with Republicans, it's basically they know that they're the minority, but they're doing everything they can to stay in power. Lie, cheat, steal, they don't care. So put it like this, right? In the last election, they passed a referendum. Uh, well, they passed a, a, a law, you know, stating that if you are a uh, if you're a criminal and you get out of prison, and I think the exceptions were like first degree murder and like sex crimes, right? But other than that, if you get out of prison and you serve your parole, you get your voting rights restored. Okay. Okay. So, and that one in that bill won in Florida by an overwhelming amount. Like a lot of people voted for that bill, right? So it won. It won in the landslide, if I remember correctly. So now the Republicans are like, okay, we're going to. And I talked about this in an earlier show. But they were trying to pass a bill that says that, okay, well, that's the case. I don't know how much they have to pay, but now they want them to pay to be able to vote. Now, that's definitely a poll tax. Yes, exactly. Welcome, Odie. Yep, that that is exactly what that is. And here's the worst part. A poll tax is actually illegal as per the Constitution. The problem with the Constitution is that it has way too many amendments, and Americans are not that bright. So we get past the first two, like, oh, freedom of speech, I can say what I want, which is not true, but that's okay. Well, that's okay. I know reading is not good for us Americans. And then they get the second amendment. Oh, I get guns? Those other 27 amendments ain't worth shit now. I can say what I want to when I got guns. What more do we need? America, you know? You are not allowed to charge a poll tax. You are not allowed to do any financial burden to keep people from voting. So they, so they, Florida, well, it passed in the House. I think it still needs to pass in the floor in Florida Senate. But just the fact that it passed in the House, because now you figure there's going to be 1.5 million people affected by this law who will be able to vote now. And which way do you think that they're, they're going to vote? For the people that push for them to be in prisons? 
or the people, or for the people who who want them to stay out of prison. And the irony is, you can't vote on it. Or it'll be less people voting on it because they've been disenfranchised and pushed not to vote. Yeah. And uh, we talked about this a little bit on uh, on Monday. Well, Wednesday. I had to, something to do on Monday. But we talked about um, why, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders talked about restoring voting rights to all prisoners even while you're still in prison. And, like, with everything that Bernie Sanders does, it's unpopular until he talks about it. And then people start to talk about it, and then it becomes popular. It's something I'd never thought of. I'm like, if you're in prison, why should you be able to vote if you're in prison? And, and he's not restricting it to anybody. Anybody, if you're in prison, you should still be able to vote, right? Now, I will admit I may have to go back over the Constitution to find out the validity of that, but there was a um, – a tweet from Francis Maxwell, part of Young Turks, that kind of put it in perspective for me. So this whole thing about uh, packing prisons full of black and brown people has been going on long before there were private prisons, before there was a profit to be made off of prisons, right? Not just from, you know, the free labor, but just from a whole financial, like, uh, uh, you know, corporate standpoint. They've been doing that for decades. Why? It's not just about, oh, I hate black and brown people and I want to see them in prison, or I hate poor people and want to see them in prison because poor people are affected by this too no matter what color you are. It's because they don't want you to vote because if you go to prison, in most states, you cannot vote. And that's like forever. You know, in most states, if if you are convicted of a crime, you cannot vote. So that's why they tried their hardest to get these people to commit these crimes in order to put them in prison so that they cannot vote. So mm-hmm. if prisoners are allowed to vote, then you don't really have any reason to put them in prison for no reason. That's why these people are against um, legalizing marijuana, because it's an easy way to get black and brown people into prison. Well, they still want to find them. I mean, they're just going to move the goalposts. We all know that that's what's going to happen. Um, and even so, you don't need to find – they're still going to have an excuse to put people in prison because of labor. That's true, too, you know. So, I mean, it's, as long as prisons are privatized, they're still going to be for profit. Like, that's, that's, helping, that's helping the government, I think, a little bit more than it's helping the private prison system. Well, and it's, it's because those people who benefit from that labor are donating to uh, Republican Party and the corporate Democrats. You know, let's not leave the corporate Democrats out of this. But now, if these people are able to vote, they're able to shift things in their favor, so that hey, maybe so that may hey, maybe there'll be those social programs that will keep me out of prison once I get out. Because a lot of people who go back in, it's because they don't have options. They come out, they can't get jobs, they can't get apartments. You know, so what are you going to do? You know, they end up going back to crime, which is which is sad. And um, I actually I actually had a dream. It was a real dream. And my dreams are always ridiculous. But I dreamed I was in prison and I was in a prison cell and it was a weird looking prison cell. There was another woman sitting across from me and my sister came to visit me, but she was in the cell with us. You know what I mean? Like I was in a boarding house or something. And there was a weird eagle vulture hybrid that kept flying in and out of the room and on a perch. 
But I was explaining that the only reason why they, why I'm here, they got me for tax evasion. I'm like, I paid my taxes. They just didn't. They just don't want me to vote. And I think it's because I've been I, I've been reading. I think it's because I've been reading that story real hard about the about what's going on in Florida. You know, you know, like sometimes you, you know, like sometimes you watch too much Walking Dead and you dream about zombies. It, I think it's I think it's like yeah. that with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But it, it's absolutely ridiculous that you had millions of people who came out to vote, and they said, and you know, they heard this thing, and they said, well, I think these people, if they serve their time, and finish their parole, they should be able to vote again. And a handful of people could just come in and just say, so you figure you have like four or five million people who voted, but like two hundred people could just say, nah, we're just going to put another obstacle in their way. That's not a democracy, okay? That is not a democracy. So anybody who thinks that that's a democracy should look up the word democracy. Matter of fact, I'll take you. I'll do you one. Do you one better? Write a report about it. This way, you get more information on what a democracy is. Not just the first couple of lines of Wikipedia. Write me a three-page report about democracy, and then compare it to what's going on now. And you tell me, is that the same thing? And if and if you say yes, you're a stupid motherfucker. I'm just going to come right out and say it. Because the things that are going on in this country is not a democracy. Okay? It is not. So what is it? Well, that's the thing. You know, sometimes it's an oligarchy. Because an oligarchy is basically, you know, when when people call Bernie Sanders an oligarch because they found out that 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 he's barely a millionaire, I'm like, do you know what an oligarch is? An oligarch is somebody who feels that they should rule simply because they have money. Not because they have any sort of political experience or anything like that or, you know, they have a degree in political science. No. If they have money, they should be in charge. And when they're in charge, they usually turn things to, uh, to favor them. I told the story about Rhode Island. This happened back in the, I want to say, the late 1700s or early 1800s where I'm, I'm just going to tell the abridged version, where a bunch of state legislators who owed money uh, for loans, and their loans explicitly said they had to pay in gold, they passed a state law saying that they could pay those loans in paper money, which at that time was practically worthless. You know, that's something, that's something that an oligarch would do. They would just get into power because they have money and make laws that favor them. And unfortunately, when they, when they make laws that favor them, uh, basically, it hurts other people. So this is not a democracy, people. Look that shit up. Write that report. And like I said, if you think that what you will find in your textbook about democracy is what we have now, you're a dumbass. I said it. It's on tape. Archive it. <laughs> but... Odie, before I go on, did you have anything? Uh, no, no. I, nope. I'm all set. All right. So I got one last thing. We want to, I want to go out on a fun note. I'm trying not to, to end 360 degrees on a, on a bitter note because I know when I talk politics, you know, my fists get balled up. You know, I get the, 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 the furrows in my brow because I'm just like, oh, I'm angry because politics sucks. Dog dick. So... Uh, I mentioned uh, on, on the other show about black people and country music, right? 
and because of the song uh, Old Town Road from, from Little Nas X, right? And my parents were huge country music fans. You know, my dad still likes country music, but my mom was the real country music fan of family. Like, she loved uh, Merle Haggard and Conway Twitty and George Jones, and she also loved uh, Jim Reeves, but, you know, she also listened to a lot of Charlie Pride. You know, Charlie Pride was one of the biggest country stars of the mm-hmm. 70s. You know, and he was, of course, African-American. You know, she had a couple of Ray Charles' country albums, you know. Unfortunately, all that stuff got lost in the flood. You know, Hurricane Sandy, you know, took a lot from my family. But mm-hmm. it's a hurricane, so it didn't do it on purpose. It's not like it was like, ah, oh, the Prescott family, I've got you now. Yeah, nobody, nobody was expecting, yeah. you know, thinking to put people up like that. Yeah, I mean, it was it was bad. Like, the, in, in our house... You know, it's a two-story house, and the water was almost up to the second floor. You know, so it was it was really bad. But, you know, I when I was younger, I didn't really realize the correlation between black people and country music. I didn't realize that we were that deep in country music, you know. You were really deep in everything, but okay. Yeah. So the little Nas X thing, I'm, I'm past it because I don't like the song. But I will defend his right to make that song. Now, I know what you're thinking, Odie. Well, what about Kodak Black? Because <laughs> I go in really hard on Kodak Black. I just don't like the guy. And he says something stupid, and I'll go off on him. But, you know, I may not like his actions, and I may not like his music, but I will put him in the same vein. He has a right to make his music. I just have a right to not listen to it. But I'm going to open this up to you guys. What do you think is... Because a lot of people like this song not because they like country music, because it's, it's, it's just a goofy song. You know what I mean? It's just a fun song about nothing. I think people just think that every rap has to be rebel without a pause, or it has to be something lyrical, you know? Not always. Mm-hmm. You can have fun. So I'm going to open up to the floor. What is, what is the goofiest rap song you've ever heard? I put... <laughs> in anticipation of this show, I put uh, Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy, tell him to, uh, to crank that song. Goofy as fuck. Because it started like that wave of like the the dancers or whatever where it right. went viral. Um, yeah. Goofy as hell. But I can't help but bop to it when I hear it. And, and I think that I think that's a, the mark of a good... Song and don't don't get me wrong, I don't think it's a good song. But then again, you know, I I'm one of those old heads who are just like Arr. on paper it's a good song, you know. But yeah. if like nobody on if nobody on earth was here to tell me if it was a good or a bad song, and I had to rely solely on just me, it would definitely be labeled a bad song. But I don't know if nobody else was playing it over and over and over again. I probably wouldn't have cared about that song. Right. Yeah, and, and that, that's the thing. I mean, even coming up like in the '90s, right? There were all these goofy songs, you know, and I kind of liked some of them. You know, like UMCs had a song called "Blue Cheese," and in the videos, they're sitting there. If I remember, I, I didn't get a chance to look it up, but they're like, they're dressed the same and they're jumping on beds and stuff like that. And I was just like, that's a goofy-ass song. 
and I ended, and, I, and, and then I ended up buying the album. No, no lie. I, I had that album. I had it on cassette, unfortunately. I don't have my old cassettes anymore. But I went, I went out and bought that album. You know, it was, it was a fun song. And sometimes it's refreshing when everything, when every song is like, you know, people throwing up gang signs and they're like, I'll shoot you in your chest, you know, stuff like that. Sometimes you hear a couple cats round about blue cheese. Sometimes it's like, okay, it's kind of refreshing. They had a song in the 80s called Rappin' Duke. There's a black guy that made the song, too. And he pretended like he was John Wayne rapping. And I remember, I remember the chorus, and the chorus was like, da ha, da ha, da ha, 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 ha. I swear to God, that was a song. <laughs> you know, Roddy Dangerfield had a rap song called Rappin' Rodney. And uh and it was basically it it wasn't even like a rap beat. You know, it was like it was like a, a song that you would hear like if you were at like a lounge party with like sixty year olds and they made something more upbeat for them to dance to. Like all the ones who don't have arthritis in their knees. That's basically that song. And it's basically just Roddy Dangerfield just doing one liners. Like he like him just bakes like one liners that rhyme. You know, so he was like, um, he would say stuff like, um, my car broke down. I called AAA. They left the car and towed me away. You know, stuff like that. That was like the whole song was just stuff like that. You know, I always joke about how Run DMC saved rap because when you had like Rap and Duke and Roddy Dangerfield rapping and you turn on commercials and you see like grandmas rapping about the lottery, Bird King, you know. That to me is what made it a fad, like yeah, exactly. Is that putting it on commercial, commercial, the commercialization of it, and that's probably where, like hip hop heads, true hip hop heads, were getting worried, like oh shit, this shit is like being saturated and commercialized. So like it's probably on the way out, but rap has reinvented itself time and time and time and time and time again. And, and, and that's where the backlash came from. I watched a documentary recently. I love, like, old disco documentaries for some reason, you know, because to me, like, the whole rise and fall of disco was just really fascinating. But mm-hmm. they talked about when uh, one of the reasons why people started to really hate disco was, number one, all their favorite bands started doing disco music. Bee Gees were not doing disco music. They've been recording for like 10, 15 years before staying alive. They were not doing disco. You know what I mean? And then they started doing disco, and then they really blew up. Because a lot of people I know, they thought that like Saturday Night Fever was like the first time the Bee Gees came out. Like, no, they've been recording for years before that. Mm. It's, it's just that the disco blew them up. Blondie was a punk rock band. And then they started doing disco, and then they, then they started doing pop music. Um, Kiss made a disco album. You know, Ethel Merman made a disco album, Ethel Merman. And she didn't even have the common decency to just remaster old tracks. No, she sang it again. She was like 80 years old singing. There's no business like show business over a disco track. (laughs) And people had that backlash on disco because they felt like it was being shoved down their throats. Now, I will say that some of it was because of homophobia. I mean, disco started out in, in the gay clubs, right? Mm-hmm. When, the, when, when the cabaret laws were finally done away with and, you know, 
people could people could be themselves, you know. But some people, it was a cultural thing, you know. They had their rock stations being turned into disco stations, because mm. disco at that time was making money hand over fist. You know, they they had disco TV shows like Dance Fever and stuff like that, and you know. But it got, but to your point, it got over commercialized. Punk rock, the same thing. All those punk rock dudes back in the seventies. You think that when they have like all these safety pins in their ears and in their noses and their lips, you think they bought them at uh, at Hot Topic? No. You know what I mean? For them, that was that was a lifestyle, and it got commercialized. And it just became a fashion instead of a, instead of a lifestyle. So I think hip hop backlashes against quote unquote commercial songs because they see the writing on the wall. They see, oh, okay, look what happened to punk rock. Look what happened to disco. Look what happened to jazz. How jazz go from Charlie Parker and Miles Davis to Kenny G. To to just some curly haired buffoon in his saxophone. Na 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 na. What? No. So it's just a they people push back on that. You know, but I but I do like those songs. I like the novelty songs, and I guess because of hip hop's resilience, I can enjoy novelty songs and not have to worry that it's being over commercialized. To that point, because hip hop is what now, like forty years old. Who is hip hop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, um, I'm writing a paper on one of. I have to. I have to finish it tomorrow. I might share. I'll probably email it to you, Marsh, just to, um, just to share. It's it's okay. like one of the last things I have to do uh, to graduate. But it's basically about the influence of hip hop. Um, so yeah, I do know for a fact hip hop is over forty years old, and um, it's basically talking about how much hip hop has influenced uh, the culture, like American culture specifically, and how coming in, everybody thought it was a fad, but it's here to stay, and like, um, I'm going to talk about how it influenced, I started talking about it a little bit, but how it's influenced fashion, uh, and of course, other genres of music, and lingo, so language, hair, language, hair, fashion, and the actual language, or and the actual just overall culture. Yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, put it like this, you know, the point I was, I was making before, before I, went, before I went way off track, which I tend to do a lot. <laughs> uh, I think Run DMC, they came out with Sucker MCs in like 82, I think it was. And um, either 82 or 84. But that song pretty much saved hip-hop, in my opinion. Because I think that they were in danger of becoming a fad and sucker MCs, they came out with a pure rap song. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, I don't even think it used any samples. Just, you know, just had that beat, you know, and they just came out and just started rhyming, you know? And um, they saved rap. Because LL Cool J came out not too long after that. Um, you know, and then back in like 86, 87 with like a... Uh, Big Daddy Kane, uh, Eric B. and Rakim, and stuff like that. I mean, I think Run DMC just held the line until those other rappers can come up and just, you know, take the baton and run with it. De La Soul in 88 with Plug Tuning, you know. It was, um, 
But I think Run DMC held the line. Because if not for Run DMC, in my opinion, rap would have died out. It would have been another goofy fad that, you know, that just came and went. That's just strictly my opinion. But, like, but there's always been just goofy nonsense songs. And they're, to me, they're a lot of fun, you know. So I don't mind if people... If, so how do you feel about Davies talking shit about Lil Nas X, the song, and the song the only, the only reason why I didn't really get on... I mean, I cracked on Davies a little bit on the show because I'm like, well, Lil Nas X has something that Davies doesn't have, which is a number one single. Um, I, I, I went there. But, I mean, he thought that the song was whack, and I think that the song was whack. You know, I don't like the song, but that's only because I don't like country music, you know. But there were a lot of people on the, on the boards who were just saying, you know, calling him a sellout because he's doing country music, and that's why I was like, okay, don't do that. Like, I think this morning on Facebook I posted an article that I talked about uh, on Wednesday's show from the Chicago Tribune talking about the roots of country music and how deep African Americans are in country music you know, to the Grand Ole Opry and, and before. So it's, you know, it's, it's part of our culture. Whether we recognize it or not, it's part of our culture. I think the only music we didn't invent was like polka music, I think. <laughs> or, or heavily influenced, you know. I mean, we invented rock and roll pretty much, you know. Fats Domino, Little Richard, you know, Ike Turner, a lot of people don't know that one, Ike Turner. You know, look up a song called uh, Rocket 88. I think they have it on, they have, it's on. It's on YouTube. That's Ike Turner's band doing that song. So, you know, we're deep in a lot of music, man. And I think, you know, but I think Davies just said it was whack, so I didn't mind Davies saying that. As long as he didn't say he didn't like it because black people shouldn't be doing country, I might have went a little bit harder on him, but no. Nah, you're allowed to say it's whack. I think it's whack. Um, I, it's like, I don't know who asked, like, I've, I've only heard his response, but I really am curious as to what the question was. Mm-hmm. I, if he wasn't asked specifically about that song, I think that was whack to bring it up of him. Um, but if he was asked and that's his opinion, then that's your opinion. Like, no, I, I think he, I think he, he was in his car by himself on Instagram Live. So I don't know if somebody. Oh, maybe somebody in the comments asked, like, yeah. Yeah, probably somebody in the comments asked him that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And, uh, that's okay. It's yeah. still like, if that's your opinion, that's okay. But yeah, I mean, um, I, somebody asked, but like, if nobody asks you, and then you're down in this kid for you know, going number one or whatever, and, like, you're, you're, you're whack as hell for that. But yeah. I don't think that that was the case. That was my interpretation. Then. Okay. I'm not angry about this response. It's just disappointing because it's like, why not just support each other? Right. And, and you know what? It, it, it's funny you say that because I was watching uh, Ebro, uh, him and Rosenberg, and they were saying that the only reason why they played the song on their show is because country music stopped playing it. Like the country station stopped playing it. It wouldn't, you know. So, so they were like, yo, we, we, they were like, we're going to support this kid. You know, and then they, they started playing his song. Um, put it like this. Hold on, let me get my notes because I mentioned it on the, 
on Wednesday's show. Bear with me for just a second. So when I did uh, the show on Wednesday, so as of that day, I, I, don't, I forget when Billboard resets their charts, but um, as of this writing, Old Town Road by Lil Nas X is number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and on the R&B and Hip Hop songs, digital songs, sales, streaming songs, hot rap songs, and rap streaming songs. So he's number one on like six charts. So someone, someone, someone likes the song. <laughs> Most people like the song. Like they gave, they threw a percentage out there at one point about you know as far as listeners and feedback. I think it was like, I don't know if it was a poll they took, but it was like like ninety three percent of people that listen to Old Town Road like it, and that's a lot of people. I think um, when he first put it up on YouTube, because he actually started off as a YouTube song that he made up for a cover to um, online gameplay for Red Dead Redemption that he was doing. That's how it started. Yeah. And, I mean, it's easy to buy a beat from somebody and go to the studio down the street and record in 10 minutes, of, you know, an hour and now, use it now, as a cover. I, I hope he doesn't get in trouble because uh, when I was watching Ebro and they were talking about it, uh, I think one of the guys on the show mentioned that it takes a sample from a Nine Inch Nails song. Like they cut an instrumental album called uh, Ghosts, and that beat is part of one of those Nine Inch Nails instrumentals. So I hope he, just, hope he doesn't get sued for it, you know, because I, I, I would hate to see him, you know, strike gold and then have, you know, be like, uh, what's his, like, what's his name? Um, Lord Tariq and Peter Guns and have that number one single make all that money and then have to give it all to somebody else because they didn't clear a sample, you know? Oh, wow. Wow. Didn't know that part. But I yeah. love the song. I like My kids play it too much. <laughs> but I like it. And, and that's my thing. I may not like the song, but I will defend his right to make that song because it's a, it's a fun song. It's a harmless song. And people, some people are getting angry about it, like, I can't believe he's selling out. Like, dude, but there, but I mean, I would be a total hypocrite if I said he didn't have a right to make the song. I mean, I listened like in the nineties, uh, young MC had that song, bust a move. I like that song. Tone Loke, uh, wild thing and funky Cole Medina. I like those songs, you know? And then he got Billy Ray Cyrus to co-sign on it, you know, and Billy Ray's mm-hmm. verse is dope. So. Yeah, I mean, and theoretically, even if he sampled it, I mean, he, it was really a totally different beat. So, hip hop and everything else, you took it off of the country trust because you said it didn't sound country enough, and the beat was more hip hop. So, what do you want from the boy? You know what I'm saying? Oh, but then again, I, I mentioned the guy, and I, I I heard his name, but I'd, I'd never heard his music. Uh, Bubba Sparks, and he does like country oh, yeah. rap, and and there are country artists who do rap. And they're on the country Bubba charts. Used to be on the hip, Bubba used to be on the hip-hop charts. Yeah. Back in the day. He was a straight-up uh, trap rapper. So, you know, he might do country hip-hop now, but back then he was, you know, making music with Lil Jon and everybody else. So. Yeah. But there are country artists who do rap, and they're on the country charts. So uh, they're full of shit. They claim the reason they took him off the country charts because um, being placed in the country charts or any chart for that matter is based on the original, I guess, origin or genre of the person that wrote the song. So if he was a rapper before, it's rap. 
well, if it completely sounds like country, because that's exactly what it sounds like with a little trap beat in the background, mm-hmm. wouldn't you consider that country? Hey, the, the whole thing is nitpicking and to the point now, give that man his money, let him be great because the song is dope, and let's move the hell on, you know? Even yeah. if he's a one-hit wonder, get a man his money. So be it. And I don't even know if he's gotten paid from it yet, but he is definitely, he definitely do some money at this yeah. point with all the streaming. Here, here's, here's the thing about one-hit wonders. We'll always remember them, you know? Especially in, in this day and age, there's always going to be like a top 10 one-hit wonders, a top 20 one-hit wonders. And here's the thing. When you hear those songs, I mean, even goofy songs, like pop songs, like I'm Too Sexy, you know, like Right Said Fred, the dumbest song in the world. But everybody knows all the words. Like you put up a karaoke, you don't need, you don't need the little screen. You know all the words. Um, Rod Bass and DJ Easy Rock, It Takes Two. Come on, man. That's a goofy-ass song. But, yo, I love that song. I knew all the words at one point. If, if no one knew what Rod Bass looked like, I could go on stage and say I'm Rod Bass and just do the song without a hitch. That's how much I loved that song back then. If, if no one knew what Rob Bass looked like, I could pretend to be Rob Bass and do the song. You know? But what do you think about it? I mean, lyrically, it's a, it's a goofy song. You know? I like the Whopper. Fuck the Big Mac. Yeah, it's kid lyrics. But you know what? It's catchy as hell. That beat was hitting. And I've never seen people do karaoke on that song and need the, and need the, the chart. They knew all the words. Exactly. And that's what's going to happen with this song. Everybody knows all the words now. Hopefully, now I take it back. I will, I will I'll say I listened to some of um, Lil Nas X's uh, other songs on his YouTube channel. He does have this one song, which I'll post in our group chat, that is actually pretty good. Um, and, of course, it didn't get as many, you know, views, maybe like 121K views from his previous fans. But keep in mind, he was a YouTube streamer before any of this happened, so he had a following. He right. doesn't have this following, and now he does. So I'll put the the song that I liked. It was kind of, you can tell that it doesn't have the quality that Old Town Road has, but you can tell he has some potential. And he just blew the hell up on one song. And I can do nothing but commend the boy. I mean, I write poetry, but I don't think I could, it's weird. I can write poetry, but I don't think I'm a rapper. <laughs> so if he, you know, went at it, was successful at it, let that boy breathe. Give him his money. Yeah. Give him everything he yeah. deserves. You know, like I said, I come down harder on certain rappers, but I will never say, oh, they should stop making records, you know. And, and, if, and if I've ever said that on the show, then I will be the first one to say I'm a thousand percent wrong because there's plenty of room for everybody to make, to make records and to make money and, then just to ha- and just to have fun, you know. So I, I agree with you a thousand percent, Mercedes. Let that boy breathe. Let him, let him, let him do his thing because he ain't hurting nobody. At all, and there are plenty of rappers out here that have been on SoundCloud forever. I'm pretty sure sampling a lot of shit, and now y'all want to bring it up? Yeah. Come on now. And, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I will say this. I don't know. I'm hoping that that sample was cleared, and that's why they brought it up, you know, because I remember DJ Premier on one of the Gangstar records, uh, On Moment of Truth, he had, a, he had a little commentary, and he was just like, I'm sick of y'all breakbeat cats telling on people. <laughs> you know? I, I, mentioned, I mentioned on the show uh, a few weeks back that De La Soul, was, they did an interview a few months back, and they were saying that they're not, they don't make any money off their, off their albums. And the reason why they can't, 
Yeah, and the reason why they can't post the albums on uh, Spotify and, and, you know, the stream is because... They don't own it. Well, not because they don't own it, but because uh, it's going to be a nightmare as far as all the samples go. Because a lot of those samples were not cleared on paper. Some of them were just handshake agreements that will not stand up in court. <laughs> wow. You know? They'd already gotten sued by a group called the Turtles, who had a song called uh, You Showed Me. It's, I still have that song on, 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 my, uh, on my Spotify list. But they took such a small sample of that song, and they did a, a little interlude called um, Transmitting Live from Mars. And I like that beat that they did, too. But um, the Turtles sued them, and they won, you know. So people get touchy about that sort of thing. So if they put, so especially, especially the first two albums were very sample heavy. So if they put those out, it's going to be a Tommy Boy is going to get, I don't even know if Tommy Boy record still exists, but if they do, they'd get sued to, into oblivion if they, put, if they posted those records. Luckily, I have all De La Soul's uh, stuff now on MP3 because at one point they had like a, a week where on their website we could download all their albums for free. And that was good for me because I had most of De La Soul's albums on cassette, which I no longer own. So now I was able to get them on MP3. So, but um, Mercedes, what are your final thoughts? Um, of course, we started off the segment with um, a much-needed, well, a topic that we definitely always need to discuss. Um, but the hardest part is what do you do about it? Um, I guess my final thoughts towards the entire segment, as a community, every day, hopefully there will be a better outcome for us all. Um, it's hard enough as is, just walking around with my skin color, not knowing how people, you know, portray me, see me, view me, and think of me, which are pretty much all synonymous. But yeah. It's definitely hard being black, but hopefully we'll be in a better place and hopefully the babes of tomorrow, the young kids, won't have to deal with this type of hatred forever or their wow. kids or their grandkids. So this is my final thought. Yeah. Odie, what are your final thoughts? Or, or did I catch you off guard with the final thoughts thing again? <laughs> I think she's talking, but I can't hear. I do hear something in the background. All right. Yeah, we'll, we'll get... All right. I think Odie's having some technical difficulties. We'll get back to Odie in a little bit. But, uh... I mean, sorry, I was on mute. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 your, um, your, your final thoughts, Odie. Final thoughts. Um, <laughs> don't be Dave East. Just let the new generation enjoy their little Nas X's and have a good time. Yeah. I, I, I do come down on, on the new generation of rappers. You know, I come down on them really hard, but in the end, they have the right to make their music. I mean, because I'm going to put it like this. It's not like I loved every rapper in the 90s or the no. 2000s. You know what I mean? So I, I've always been critical of rap, you know, all my life. So, 
But in the end, like I said, there's plenty of room to breathe. So I agree with you 100%, Odie. Let them live, you know. My final thought, kind of piggybacking off of uh, Mercedes, is uh, vote in your local elections because your local elections are very important because those elections will actually affect you directly. So who your judges are, who your police chiefs are, who your sheriffs are, all that stuff. You get to vote for that. So, and whenever I go to vote in local elections, I'm in and out because no one ever shows up for them. And low voter turnout means that the wrong people are going to get over. So if you don't know who's, who's going to uh, be in, a, in an election, you can look it up on the election website and you can get a sample ballot. So this way you can go ahead and research all the people who are on the ballot. And like I always say, League of Women Voters is an excellent nonpartisan research tool to look at um, local politicians and find out what they're all about. So, All right, guys. Uh, I don't know. To our listeners, I don't know where you are, but it was a gorgeous Saturday afternoon, and I'm probably going to try and uh, go outside for once. <laughs> As a matter of fact, yeah. I, I'm going to try. I mean, I know it defeats the purpose of going from one building to another, but I'm going to try to see if I can sneak into a show of uh, Avengers Endgame today. I'm definitely going tomorrow morning. I have a ticket for a 1045 show tomorrow. But I'm going to try to see if I can't sneak into a show today. Because I plan on seeing this thing like three or four times anyway. Because I'm such a comp of nerd. So. But. All right, everybody. Be safe. Have fun. And uh, we will see you next time. Bye. Peace out.